When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The BetQL Network presents your favorite handicapper's favorite handicapper, Ken Barkley. If I have an opinion, I'm just going to go put money on that thing happening. And your host, Nick Costos. Every single play of every single game impacts you in some way, shape, or form. It's You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. The tremendous Thursday edition of You Better You Bet rolls on. Nick Costos, Ken Barkley, and you here with us on the BetQL Network. Two more hours to go on the show, and it's going to be an awesome two hours. We've got our bets for tonight coming up in the final hour, the power hour of the show. Dennis Bernstein will join us in 60 minutes from SiriusXM NHL Radio and the fifth period. Dennis is going to fill out his NHL playoff bracket if the season ended today live on the air. We look forward to that because Dennis is great. Ken and I will do the same with NHL and our NBA playoff brackets. As I'm saying this, I'm like, I don't know if we have enough time in the show to do all of this. We're going to do our yeah, best we'll to get it all in. We did a word working roulette with Jay. We did a word working roulette. We did the whole roulette. We spun the wheel 17 times with Jay. So it kind of lets us off the hook a little bit, I think. I I, I, I thought that was really, I thought that was a great yeah, segment. Great. Uh, especially good. like, and like and you and you and Jay at the end like doing like I feel like that's like like Eric Clapton and like Jimmy Page getting together and like freestyling <laughs> like like for a while I'm just like sitting and I watching it was awesome yeah. no it was and like and I I wanted to make sure that I highlighted that like for our for our audience like that's that's it's really good stuff it's great I hope people appreciate it um we'll can we'll fill out our brackets maybe we'll do some award market roulette as well but joining us right now to kick off hour number three today on this tremendous Thursday one of our absolute favorites and I think. We can call him, you better you bet family member at this point, because I think this is his third or fourth time coming on the show. Had him on a number of times during college football season. He was sensational. So now we're very happy to have him on the show to break down college hoops for us. Uh, College hoops, play-by-play man for our friends over at Fox Sports, FS1. The great Tim Brando on Twitter at his name, at Tim Brando. Tim, welcome back to You Better You Bet. It's Nick Costos and Ken Barkley. How's it going? It's going great, fellas. Thank you, Nick. Thank you, Ken. I appreciate uh, the fine introduction and and being back. I I'm not a one trick pony. I can talk, I can talk well beyond college football. But if you want to go there again today, that's certainly it's not because there's a, a lack of anything to talk about with regard to what's going on uh, with college football. It's uh, seemingly making more news in the hot stove season, which is what is it? Nine months out of the twelve is the hot stove season for college football past and present, but I am encouraged by what's going on with college basketball. I'm having the, uh, the good fortune of covering, um, you know, both the big 10 and the, the big East. Uh, in the coming years, we're, we're going to get back in the big 12 business, which I'm really excited about. Uh, and, and, and listen, uh, the big East conference this year, as you well know, we could go Saturday. I was 
a week ago this Saturday, I had number one versus number four. And and then and right when you're thinking Connecticut is unstoppable, uh, they go to Creighton and the Blue Jays look like the team we all thought they would be at the beginning of the year. And, and they did to Connecticut what what uh, the Huskies had done to Marquette as the number four team in the country just days earlier. So it's an exciting season. Tim, I'm curious, and you, you referenced that you got to call Marquette UConn. I watched that game on Saturday, obviously, bingo, bango, bongo with the, the Caravan 3, and, and the place was going crazy, and UConn looks great in that game. And I think what we're trying to do, especially on our show, and I think what a lot of betters, and people are going to fill out their brackets eventually, just, you know, is it just UConn again, especially off that Marquette game? And I know they lost to Creighton the other night. Creighton made a lot of threes. You know, you've seen a lot of teams play this year. I'm sure you've watched a lot of games on TV also. You know, kind of push comes to shove. Is UConn the best team you've seen so far this year? Yeah, they're the most complete team. Uh, they're not infallible. Uh, they're, they're, they, I think they are, uh, along with Purdue, I think both of those two teams uh, have earned the right for us to be able to say they've separated themselves. Okay. Now, now Purdue lost to an Ohio State team that was playing with a great deal of cause uh, for an interim coach who, by the way, has got uh, great pedigree. Uh, I, I call John Deepler's games. Uh, when he played there, and Jay Diebler as well, uh, I know. And, of course, John is now an assistant coach uh, in the Big East uh, with Butler, uh, with Thad Mata, because he played with Thad when he was at Ohio State. And to see his brother doing this and coming in for Chris Holtman, uh, who ironically had come to Ohio State from Butler, which is where Thad is now, it's pretty interesting. But that emotional change, when you make a, a change with the head coach, and you got a bunch of young and talented players, and Ohio State does. They just they lost some games that that really made them look bad, and, and forced I think the hand of uh, Ohio State's leadership to make a change. That comeback uh, win by Indiana that that they had at Ohio State, I think they were down 18, is probably the reason the Buckeyes made the, the decision that they did to get rid of Holtman. But but I mean, Ohio State's got talented players. Bruce Thornton can play. They're they're just young. They got very very young, very very quickly. And in the NIL portal era of all sports, but particularly basketball, you get that young that quick, you're going to have a price to pay for it, especially in a league as good as the as the Big Ten. And that's what happened to them. So I think Purdue just caught them at the wrong time emotionally, and at the same time, Purdue uh, didn't shoot it well. And and when you have that many, uh, shall I say, iron unkinds called by whoever the play-by-play guy is in a given game, I don't care how good you are, you got to you got to put the ball in the hoop, and that's what happened to them. I thought in Connecticut's case, they were playing a Creighton team that was just getting their act back together again from the blowout loss they had at Gamble Pavilion back in January to Connecticut, um, and they're getting used to having a, a new point guard, Ryan Nimhard was a tough act to follow, and I thought the Ashworth kid that they got from Utah State struggled a little bit at the point in replacing Ryan because he was trying to be Nimhard, and he's not. He's he's not a true point. He's really more of a scoring guard, and I think that um, Greg McDermott picked up on that and said to him, look, just go play your game. we got enough guys to handle the ball. We don't need you to be something you're not. And, uh, look, you watch that Creighton team, Brian Shireman is a player that can bring up the ball himself. Uh, you can make the same case for just about every player on the team with the exception of Ryan Kalkbrenner. They've all got a good handle. Uh, the Farabello kid is playing well now off the bench. So Creighton finally uh, gelled and had their monumental moment in that game against UConn. 
And the Huskies were coming off such a big, big and important win over the number four ranked Marquette team, which a team that that had beaten them two out of three times last year, and it knocked them out of the Big East tournament in the semifinals. The last game UConn lost last year before winning it all was to Marquette, and that stung uh, the Huskies. They 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 were revved up and ready emotionally to go, wanted to seek some uh, uh, redemption, and they got it. And so when you play with that kind of emotion at home, and then you have to play a team like Creighton, and that Omaha is the toughest road game environment that you'll have in the Big East. I don't care what anybody tells you. Uh, they are. And it has been that way, I think, for the bulk of the time that they've been in the new Big East, the reconfigured Big East that started in the 2014 season. So the timing was right for Creighton, but I do think UConn is still the best team in the country, most complete team in the country. And I feel similarly about Purdue. I think the Lance Jones acquisition from Southern Illinois to go along with, with Lawyer and with Brendan Smith, who's been uh, a guard that has really uh, come on and been a tremendous leader uh, at the point guard position for Matt Painter, it puts them a, a cut above, too. They're, they're not the same. These two teams are not built similarly at all. Um, Purdue does rely heavily on Edie, but Edie now has more pieces around him, uh, athletic pieces like Lance Jones, who I think figures prominently uh, in their success in the upcoming, uh, not just Big Ten tournament, but also in the, the NCAAs. And it's all about, for both these teams, it's all about how they perform in March, and particularly so for Purdue because they've been a number one seed a couple of times and have not gotten to the second weekend. So I think they've got the, the capability of doing that this year, and I think UConn does too. Who the other teams are, whether you start with Arizona or maybe you think about um, other teams like Tennessee that have uh, been worthy of maybe top seed mentions, uh, there's no doubt in my mind that Connecticut and Purdue in that order are the two best teams this year. You Better You Bet with Nick and Ken here on a Thursday. Very happy to be talking college hoops with our friend, our You Better You Bet family member, the great Tim Brando. College hoops, college football for our friends over at Fox on uh, Twitter at Tim Brando. Tim, I want to ask you about the team, and you called the game this weekend, and UConn obviously dominated and won the game. The team that lost that game, Marquette with Shaka Smart and Tyler Kolak, who set a school record last night with 18 assists. Marquette blows out DePaul. I'm watching that game last night, and I bet Marquette in the game, and Marquette covered. And I, I always love, and I, I, the the reference that I'll always make is Kemba Walker for that UConn team. Kemba would just like control the flow of a game. And I'm not saying that Kolak's like that type of player who's going to play in the end. That's not the insinuation I'm making, but just that I watched the game last night and I'm thinking this this team's really good do you, do you think Marquette this year with Shaka is a team that's capable of making a deep run in the NCAA Big East tournament NCAA tournament like what's the ceiling for this year's Marquette team in your eyes well last year if you recall they got beaten out by a Michigan State team that was tournament proven and uh, uh, Tom Izzo is a, a tournament proven head coach and they were a team that was a double digit uh, seed and they wanted to make a point and they did in that game with Marquette. Uh, the Golden Eagles are as talented as you really want to be in every position, but they lack post play. You know, Oso Iguodaro is a uh, really a, an NBA small forward trying to play the five spot at the college level. And they get beaten on the boards with some regularity, all right? But they have to make shots if they want to keep from losing games because of the inability to get second chance opportunities and not enough guys in that Connecticut game made any shots. They were over from three point range 
for the first 15 minutes of that game. And for the first 10 minutes of that game, and you guys were watching, so you know this, they were tied at 18 with 10.40 to play, and they had not made a three-point shot yet. Well, eventually that's going to catch up to you against a team like UConn that has a rim runner like Donovan Klingon and a backup as good as Samson Johnson that can come in for him. And and eventually uh, the inability to get to the offensive glass and get any second-chance opportunities, and they couldn't create turnovers. That's the other thing. Marquette likes to score with its defense, get in your grill, cause some early turnovers to get easy, easy points. Uh, guys like Chase Ross. Cam Jones, uh, these are players that when their game is on, Marquette becomes a very tough cover. But if they're not, and it comes down to just the pick and roll with Kolick and Igadaro, and that's all they've got, they become a bit of a one-dimensional team. If they get the right draw and they can stay away from a team that's got, you know, a boatload of bigs, all right, that can all handle the ball, you know, a team like uh, Connecticut, a team like North Carolina, uh, they can't all be in the same bracket. You know, Marquette needs to play their game. And I'm not saying they can't win a game against talented bigs. They can. They've done it before. Um, you know, they completely you – know, Joel Soriano was totally outplayed by Oso Godaro in the game with St. John's back in January when Rick Patino had St. John's really playing at a high level. Uh, and St. John's had a, uh, a nine-point lead at halftime at the Garden and couldn't hang on. So it's not as if they can't get it done. They can against the bigger opposition. They just need their complementary players to play big against those types of teams. And in a one-and-done environment, that can always happen. But that's the reason why they lost the game by as large a margin. I mean, that was a 28-point blowout uh, in that in that loss. So you got, that was a good bet you made against DePaul. They were going to take it out on the worst team in the Big East than they did so last night. But I'm, I'm with you. Marquette's that team. The Big East could possibly, in its 10th year of its reconfigured format, all right, with the addition of Connecticut coming just a few years ago, they're capable of having three Final Four teams out of, that, out of their conference. Uh, I think that Marquette uh, is clearly a team with the right draw to get in. UConn, in my mind, should be in and be the overall number one seed. And I think Creighton, with the way they're playing, remember now, that's a team that was one second and one bad call against San Diego State away from going to the Final Four last year. That is a veteran team. Uh, guys like Shireman really want it. And in addition to him, you've got Trey Alexander is one of the most athletic two guards you'll find in college basketball. Uh, and he was making shots over Cam Spencer that Cam Spencer was making over Marquette. I mean, it was almost like a dose of Spencer's own medicine. Uh, in that game. So uh, the Blue Jays may not be higher than maybe a five seed in the tournament because of their overall record, but boy, oh boy, they are a dangerous uh, mid-tier seed perhaps in the coming NCAA tournament to make it all the way to the Final Four. Yeah, and obviously like a really impressive win the other night over UConn. We haven't seen that in the Big East, three Final Four teams since the mid-'80s with St. John's, Georgetown, and Villanova in, I think, the 1985 NCAA tournament. Tim, it's my sincere hope that we get to do this again, maybe like maybe like a couple more times with you as we head into the NCAA tournament and into conference play. 
uh, conference tournament play. We absolutely love having you on the show. Your insight is incredible. We really appreciate the time. You'll be on the call of Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. Women's uh, action coming up this weekend. So we encourage everybody to check that out and to follow Tim on Twitter at Tim Brando. My friend, thank you so much for the time. Have a great call this weekend. Stay well, and we hope to talk to you soon. Same to you, fellas. Anytime. Tim Brando joining us here on You Better, You Bet. I, he's really awesome. Great storyteller. I do. I want to ask him at some point, because uh, he called Marquette UConn, the environment there was awesome for that game. Not that the XL Center is the answer to this question, but like, like what's the craziest place you get? College basketball, you call some crazy games from crazy places, too. What's the craziest place you called a game from? <laughs> Maybe it'll be like, we'll do that when like one of us is out and he'll co-host the show. Right, yes. <laughs> right. Uh, brackets and award market roulette coming up next.